I'm pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so today is based on an article I did a little while ago called Faction Pact. I was talking about why and how we make factions, and then I went through all the sets that had factions uh, and graded them to talk about how efficient their faction was, was it being a faction. Um, so first, let me start by talking about what is a faction? Let's define what a faction is. Okay, so a set has elements mechanically and flavorfully that represent different groups. The idea of a faction essentially is that you're subdividing things and that they represent something. They represent something mechanically, they represent something flavorfully. So each group has a mechanical identity, means that how it plays, you know, how it interacts, sometimes it'll have a mechanic assigned to it, sometimes how it interacts with the mechanic, but it, it definitely has an identity that's a clean, clear mechanical identity. It also has a creative identity. It has a certain look and feel to it, and it represents a group. Like in story, it's always representative of a group, a group that does something. Now, different worlds, what that groups mean can change a lot. Sometimes it's a civilization. Sometimes it's a part of a civilization. Sometimes it's a certain kind of creature. There's a lot of different things that can represent different factions. Um, the most important thing is that the relationship between the groups defines the set. That that's important about a faction set is that the relationship between the groups means something. Um, and as you'll see as I go through the various sets that have had factions, some have been very successful and it's very clear who the factions are. Some have been less successful and it's less clear what the factions are. Like in some of the sets I will name, you might not even think of it as a faction set. Usually the grades are lower on those because the faction didn't get conveyed very well. Okay, so when you build around a faction, what can you build around? Well, the most often thing we build around is color. Um, you can be monocolor, you can be two-color, you can be three-color. I haven't really done four or five-color yet. That's a little harder to do. Um, but a, a clean, definitive thing. It's, um, color is such a defining trait in magic. It is very easy for colors to help delineate what things are. Sometimes it's creature type. Um, sometimes what defines the group is it's a bunch of something. You know, that uh, the creature type can be a good way for us to go, oh, these are a similar thing. Um, sometimes the color and the creature type can both be used to define something. Um, also, sometimes it's defined mechanically. Um, sometimes we do something where a certain things that do a certain thing within the game represent something. Um, usually the color and the creature type mechanics, we use some combination of them to work together. It's not always... Um, it's not always one of them. Sometimes it's multiple working in conjunction. Um, and the important thing when you make factions is that you want to get across the feel of each faction. You want to make sure that when you play with a faction or when you look at the faction, that the audience gets that there's a delineated faction. Uh, as you'll see when I go through some of the earlier sets, um, or some of the sets that have had factions, there's some ones that like, it didn't do a good job of doing that. And, and, and as a result, some of the things I'm going to name today, you might not even think of being faction sets because it really didn't do a good job of delineating creatively and or mechanically in a way that made it clear that they were a separate group. Okay, so another big thing we have to worry about uh, when doing factions is limited and constructed. Um, for limited, it's about draftability. What are you drafting? What are the archetypes? For constructed, it's, it's the same sort of issue of what can you build out of it? So... 
Uh, your factions dictates the color combinations that are drafted. So, for example, if I have a set with ally colors, well, then ally colors are something you can draft. If I have a set about enemy colors, then enemy colors are something you can draft. You know, one of the things that's very key here is that the factions sort of say to the audience, hey, the set's about this, and it makes the expectation that that's what you're going to draft. Um, it, also, it, it, uh, it also dictates as fan. So as fan is short for as fan. It talks about how much of a certain portion of something is in the booster pack. Um, and when we talk about factions, one of the things that comes up is it often determines how often we do something so that it's something you can draft around or something that will be noticeable as a definitive thing. Also, it dictates synergies. That part of knowing who your faction is is really dictating what kind of things you might be doing. What kind of things are you looking out for? You know, oh, maybe your faction likes artifacts, and all of a sudden you got to think about artifacts when you're playing because there's synergies built into it. The factions have themes and have things that sort of dictate. And also, you want synergies between your factions. If you're doing your job correctly, your factions usually overlap in that when you're drafting or when you're building your decks, you have options to not just play individual factions, but play factions together. And the combining of the factions itself creates synergies. You want to make sure factions can work together, especially if they overlap colors. Um, and finally, it also really dictates what your archetypes are for drafting, for deck building, that when you make a faction and you define the faction that often will sort of define here's a deck that can be drafted slash built. And it really sort of says to the, to the players, um, this is something that you want to think about. This is something that's going to affect how you think about it. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go back and look at every set that I thought even remotely had a faction component to it um, and then talk about... So my grade, I'm going to give them a letter grade, A through F, um, what I'm grading them is not overall how the set was. What I'm grading them on was how good were they of factions. I'm grading the factions as a faction. How efficient was the faction? Um, okay, so we're going to start with Fallen Empires. So Fallen Empires is the first faction set, for those that like their history. Um, so there were five monocolored factions. Uh, there was the Order of the Leaper. That was the white faction. The Vidalian Merfolk was the blue faction. The Order of the Ebon Hand was the black faction. The Dwarves were the red faction. And the Elves were the green faction. Um, and the way it was designed is each faction had a major role. And then there was an upstart within the faction that was causing trouble. Like the Elves had grown the Thalids as a means of, um, I think it was producing their food. And then it got kind of out of control. And then the elves end up fighting the Thalid. So in each in each faction, there were people you know, like uh, the Ebon Hand had created the thralls, got out of hand. The dwarves had to deal with the goblins. You know, in each case, there was some subgroup that they had to deal with and they had to worry about. Um, you know, the Order of the Leaper had there was a a faction within them, a religious faction that broke apart from them that was causing trouble. You know, in, in each case, you had to figure out what was going on and that they had to deal with their factions. Um, the, the factions in Fallen Empires uh, were very what we call siloed, which means that within each color, each had a very clean and clear identity. In fact, the major group had an identity and the subgroup had an identity, and they, they were made so they could be played together. Um, but, so each color had a very clear identity. The thing was, this was kind of before we really built sets with limited in mind. 
Uh, and as part of that, they really were only thinking constructed and only worried about making monocolored strategies. Um, these strategies didn't really combine. I mean, a few of them did in that uh, clearly you could mix and match to some extent, but they weren't made in a way where the synergies were built into it. Um, so I, I ended up giving the Fallen Empires a B minus. Um, in, in some ways, it, it, I gave it a little, like, it's a little higher than it would be if it wasn't, if I don't take into account when it was made. Um, being the first faction set, being something that, like, did something that had never been done before, um, gets it some extra kudos. Um, it's a little loose in, like, its lack of synergies and its means, like, it is not the easy set to draft. Um, you can, I mean, one of the problems in general with drafting is it is hard... Um, Monocar strategies are difficult to do in draft. Just They're difficult to, to do without a lot of support. Um, and so you are... Usually in draft, you kind of need to pick up a second color. And this was not... This set was made for you to play one color. So drafting was kind of tricky. Um, so when I, when I say B-, minus, it just... Uh, in a modern eye, looking... Like, in some ways, I feel bad. I feel like we're grading cars. This is the Model T. Uh, against the modern standards, a lot of things it didn't do. It didn't create this energy, but it really was pretty innovative for it today. So um, my grade is very much the present looking back. Um, in its day, at its time, it was it was revolutionary. We'd never done factions before. Um, I'm just sort of grading with a modern eye that there's a lot of things that we now expect out of factions that it didn't do. Um, but be aware that I'm, I'm grading with a modern eye that in its day, in its time, I think it was... It's a very revolutionary set in how, in how it did factions. Okay, next, Mirage. So Mirage, this is one of those sets where you're going to go, Mirage was a faction set. Eh, I mean, technically in the story, there were three kingdoms. There was the militaristic Zalfir, there was the religious Femrith, and there was the trading Sakata Empire. Uh, and from a flavor standpoint, the three, like, it was important that there were three empires. Um... I mean, there also were these four wizards that interacted, but the, the wizards interacted with the empires, and, like, it was an important part of the structure. If we were making it mo today, if this set was being made modern day, we would make a big deal out of these factions. We would give them identity. Um, I give this an F because the, the factions are there solely for flavor. They do almost zero mechanical support. I mean, they have a little tiny bit, but very little, and not in a way that's e easily noticeable. So we talk about sort of um, the factions of um, Mirage. Like I said, I don't think anybody even thinks of this as a faction. That's how undefined the factions were. Um, but the reason I listed it is it's a set that kind of wanted the factions to mean something. The factions were important to the story. And the factions were important to the environment. The fact that there were three kingdoms meant something. Um, and the fact of how they interact with each other was supposed to mean something. But it is a good example of where when you don't give support um, mechanically or even creatively in the way that, that normally we would nowadays, it just doesn't hold to something that is that. Um, so I mostly wanted to bring this up as something that, like, kind of modern day, we would do it differently. we make the empires matter. we make you notice them. Um, but I really felt like it, it was not supported in a way that it was even noticeable as being factions. Okay, next, Invasion. So Invasion was the first set in which we have two factions. It's a conflict set. Um, invasion is about the Frexians invading Dominaria. It was the end of the Weatherlight Saga story, which 
took place over four years. Uh, and the Phyrexians uh, dom uh, invade Dominaria, and then all the Dominarians get together, uh, called the Coalition. And so all these different parts of Dominaria that normally don't get along all that great, but when you're invaded by outside invaders, you, you, you band together, uh, went to fight them. Um, I gave Invasion a D plus. Um, the reason for that is um, there's a little bit of definition in the in the sides, their mechanics, although it's got pointed out to me. Um, Kicker is supposed to represent the coalition coming together, but there are even a few cards that have Kicker on them that actually show the Phyrexians rather than the coalition. Um, and Domain, I think, was supposed to represent the coalition coming together. Like, there's a little bit... Um, we definitely... The Phyrexians had a little bit of a feel to it, so you can sort of... When you see the Phyrexian creatures, at least, there's a little bit of a sense to the Phyrexians. Um, but in, in a bigger picture way, this is not what we now build sets that are sort of what I'll call conflict sets, where you have two factions that are fighting each other. That what you want to do is you want them to be in such a way that they fight against each other, but that they're... There's synergistic elements that you can play so that you can mix and match them in the gameplay. Because one of the things we learned is if we do a two-sided conflict and the only thing you can ever do is play one side or play the other side, it becomes much more narrower. Well, if you only play this half, just the amount of things you can do with that half is less. And what you can do with the other half is, is less. And that if you can't mix and match the components, it really sort of lessens what you can do. Um, the other strike against this set is at least you knew there was a conflict and you knew there were sides. We didn't do a wonderful job of letting you know who was who. I mean, the Phyrexians at least have a look to them. Um, but the Phyrexians have a lot of variety in how they look. And, like, um, this is prior to us doing Watermarks, but this is the kind of set that Watermarks would have helped a lot. It's definitely a, a set that, like, having a little more delineation of who's who and, and mechanically giving that delineation... Um, I mean, I think Invasion is better than Mirage, and at least you knew there were sides, and you knew there were factions. Um, and even if I asked you, if you're paying somewhat attention, you'd have some idea maybe what the factions were. Um, but they did not, they didn't play a certain way. They didn't, you know, they definitely didn't have a mechanical identity. Not in a way that's cohesive enough to really hold them together. Uh, and they were not synergistically built to play, be played together at all, which is an important part of making factions work in Limited. Next is Onslaught. So Onslaught was our first tribally focused faction set. And what I mean by that is the first in which the factions were broken out by tribes. So for example, Onslaught Block had beasts and birds and clerics, dragons that didn't show up until the final set, uh, or didn't focus on until the final set, elves, goblins, uh, the misform, which were the creatures that could change their creature type, soldiers, wizards, and zombies. Um... And this was definitely us trying to make the different factions have meaning and feel. Uh, they had a strong mechanical identity, which was, you know, we did a lot to make the zombies feel like zombies and the clerics feel like clerics and the beasts feel like beasts. Um, it, this is very early tribal design. We made a couple mistakes. I gave it a C minus. One is we did not build a lot of synergies between them. One of the things about tribal sets is you want to be able to mix and match your tribes. Um, we did not do that. You really got... Um, you were very siloed into the one you were playing. I mean, we did a few things to help a little bit. We did a little bit of crossing, but not, not much. Not nearly as much as we should. Um, and the other thing we did is... This is the day and age. 
when uh, we did tribes and it was mostly monocolored. Um, for example, elves and goblins and soldiers and wizards and zombies were all monocolored. Uh, beasts and birds and clerics. Uh, I misform was mostly blue. Uh, beasts, birds, and clerics. Okay, at least mixed up with a second color. Nowadays, whenever we make tribal matter, we tend to put it in two or more colors. Just because we want to give you options of how the deck plays. For constructed, we want to give you different ways you could build the deck. For limited, we just want to give you options of how you can draft it. A lot of times, um, we'll put them in two colors, and that's a draft archetype. Um, in Onslaught, it was hard to do that because they were monocolor, so it was hard to draft monocolor. And so Onslaught... Um, now, Onslaught had Morph in it, so there were some things we did to help you supplement and fill out a deck so that you could focus on a creature type, yet have other things that were sort of in the deck. So there was some support to work it. Um, this did, you could play this in Limited. It wasn't that it wasn't, it wasn't unplayable in Limited. Um, but it did not mix and match as clearly or as cleanly as we like. And um, the mechanical definition was light, but it, it could have been a little heavier. Okay, next. Champions of Kamigawa block. So this is our next conflict, uh, two-sided conflict block. Um, so this time it was the mortals of Kamigawa versus the kami of the spirit world. Um, this was definitely what, so I, I gave this one uh, a C. Um, this one was a little more mechanical oriented. Um, there was more mechanics built into the sides. Um, the interesting thing is the kamis were more connected as a singular faction we had a bunch of mechanics that cared about spirits. Um, you know, there was definitely a spirit theme going on. Um, you know, you could bring spirits back, and there were there were cards that specifically cared about when you played spirits. Um, uh, there was arcane magic that I think the arcane magic was tied into the kami, um, and there was a lot of kami. It was a creature type that we so like the kami side more felt like a singular side. Um, the the mortals kind of broke apart into their separate sections. And so, like, oh, you can play the snake folk, or you can play the Miss Moon folk, uh, or you could play, you know, like, like there were a lot of um, the Nazumi, or there were a lot of. Um, it felt less like the mortals were a singular group and more like broken up individual groups, um, and that they didn't have a co the mortals didn't have a cohesive identity nearly like that the spirits did, um, and you got that there. I mean, there there was a, enough in it that you got. You know, we had a few cards that would refer to one or the other. Um, but in some ways, it felt more spirit versus not spirit, uh, which was not quite as cohesively clean uh, of what they were. So, I mean, I, I feel like champions... Um, like, you can sort of see as we start doing uh, combat-oriented sets, we get, we get better as time goes on of giving the mechanical identity and of figuring out. Um, this is another one where the two sides weren't really created to have synergy with each other. Um, they were a little looser in how they were put together, so you could mix and match them, but not because we built that in as much as just uh, the themes was light enough that you could just pick colors to play. Um, but that wasn't, you know, that wasn't ideally built in. Okay, next we get to Ravnica and all the Ravnica blocks. So original Ravnica block, Return of Ravnica block, Guilds of Ravnica block, um, or not my block, but Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Legions. Um, so anyway, this is the Guilds. So this is the first kind of more modern set uh, of us building around factions in, in a very... Um, a lot of these other sets I've talked about had factions, um, but this is the first set that's really kind of 
constructed around factions. In fact, it's the first um, time we did block planning, and it's block planning building around factions. Um, so Ravnica is an A. Ravnica, to me, is the gold standard of faction design. Um, you got the Azorius, the Demir, the Raptors, the Gruul, the Selesnia, Orzov, it Golgari, Boros, and Simic. Um, we're now on our third visit to this. You know, it, it is... We have fine-tuned, like, each of the color combinations has a philosophical bent to it, has a mechanical bent to it, has a flavor bent to it. You know, that when I say Azorius, that means something. And you, you have an idea what kind of cards and what kind of gameplay and what kind of draft archetype and what kind of deck you'll build. And you have a flavor set. Like, eh, the whole package is there. You know, that, um, Gills is really us doing factions at the best that factions can be done. Um, in some ways, it's almost... It's so good that it makes it hard to do other factions because it is hard to live up... You know, it is tough to live up to the, the guilds. The guilds are such a perfect uh, embodiment of what factions can be. Um, but... And the, um, and the other thing like I'll notice... And we did this more in later Ravnica sets than early Ravnica sets, but we really now build them so that they overlap, that if you want to draft, you can draft two color decks or a three-color deck where you combine two um, factions that are guilds that overlap in a color... Um, you know, for constructed, we not only you know we actually think about building the guilds through through blocks. So, like, if you took all the Demir cards from the first time we were there, and the second time, and the third time, they all will play together. You know, whatever whatever you pick. You know, um, we've designed them so that there's a through line and there's a continuity to it. That if you mix and match the Boros cards, they work together. Um, and so that that is something that that's clean and really a um, like I in some ways it, it is what we aspire to do whenever we make a factions we're, we're always kind of looking at the guilds of Ravnica as uh, something to achieve next we get to Lorwyn so Lorwyn was our next tribal um, our tribal block and we went all out on it um, so Lorwyn Morningtide um, so Lorwyn focused it on uh a bunch of races. Uh, so we had elementals, elves, fairies, giants, goblins, kithkins, merfolk, and treefolk. And then we also had the changelings, which were kind of the glue. Um, changelings, by the way, is us showing that we are trying to do more mixing and matching of, of the tribes. We did more cards that bridge tribes, where this card made you want to play two tribes together. The changelings, in particular, really allowed you to sort of splash multiple things in one deck. Um, so I gave Lorwyn a B minus. Um, so part of it is uh, Morning Tide. Then instead of focusing on the races, started focusing on the classes. So like uh, soldier and wizard and, and such, and that muddy things up a little bit. Um, Lorwyn also was a little more um, uh, siloed than we like. Um, we did a bunch of things to try to branch it out, um, but it did. In drafting, especially, it did really push you toward playing one and only one. Um, we built some stuff in to help you a little bit. It's a little better than Onslaught was, um, but there's still room to grow. Um, we also did tribe at a pretty high percentage. I think too high a percentage. That's part of what caused the some of the siloing problems. Was everything was one of these eight tribes or nine chain flings, um, and you really sort of had to commit, and that really kind of locked you in. Um, we did this time branch out, um, and everything's in two colors, so we learned that lesson. Um, so there's a little, like, 
Lorwyn is a step up from Onslaught. We've learned more things, but it definitely was still a learning time for us, and that we sort of trying to figure out how how better to do factions based around tribes. Um, you know, tribes can have a lot of flavor, um, but they there's some there's some issues that come in with doing tribes that are different from doing colors. Okay, next is Shadowmoor and Eventide. Uh, this is another one of those that I don't. I don't know if I'm even supposed to list it as a faction set. Um, it con- especially Shadowmoor continues the tribal stuff that comes from um, from Lorwyn, um, but it color shifts some of the stuff. So, um, and then there is there are very much the mechanics of the set, the hybrid of the set makes you want to play like. There is this weird thing where there's this color faction going on with the hybrids, and the hybrid symbols kind of, especially because we, we did so much, like 50% of the cards are hybrid, it kind of feels in a way like doing a multicolor set in that it multicolor often will feel faction-y in that you have, you know, when you're building your archetypes and stuff, they, they latch onto that. Uh, and so, you know, Shadowmore had the Kithkin and the fairies and the merfolk and the elementals and the goblins and the giants and the elves. Although it didn't have the tribal support to make you want to play them mechanically, um, but it did. But they did put them in colors, and then hybrid gave you mechanical reasons to want to play them together. So it's sort of um, it, it definitely forced you to sort of think about and draft in a certain way. Just like even Tide did that with the enemy colors, um, but it was fuzzy. I gave it a D minus in that. If you kind of squint, there, there's faction components to it, but they're not really built in a way that feels like factions. So I gave it a D minus. I, I kind of want to point out that like we kind of were partway there, but didn't really commit to it. And so it's one of those sets that like kind of feels like a faction set on some level, but very much doesn't feel like one on another level. And that's just that's not what you want on a faction set. So like I I wish we had more committed or less committed. We kind of got in the middle of the road, which. Gave it, a, gave it a little bit of a faction feel without completely being a faction feel, and I, I think that's not great. Um, next, Shards of Alara. So Shards was, um, we did three colors for the first time. So we had Bant, Esper, Crixus, Jund, and Naya. Um, each one of those with their own world. So this is the first time we did factioning where the factions didn't intermingle creatively. That they each, I mean, they eventually later on the black would intermingle, but when we started out, they didn't. They were each their own world. Um, and that's the first time we had done factions that were we just kind of segregated creatively from one another. Um, I gave Shardalara a B. I, I think that it did a really, really good job of giving each set an identity, each um, faction an identity. You know, Bant and Esper and Crixus and Jun and I each felt very distinctive. They had a creative. They, they, you creatively understood what they were. They played a very particular way. Um, so it, it, it was a, you know, first time we did three color, and I felt like you really, really got the set. Like, you didn't miss it, it was a faction set. Um, the two big mess-ups, one is I wish we had used watermark technology and did a little more to kind of cement the factioning. Like, we didn't use all the tools for factioning. And the second thing is uh, we did not make them to be playable with what's around. Some of them were. Naya and Bant actually were pretty synergistic, but, like, Esper was not synergistic with the stuff we're surrounding it as much as it needed to be. Um, and so that was one of those sets where I feel like within within the factions, we were really good. They had a strong flavor. They had a strong mechanical feel. Um, but we didn't go to the next level of linking them together and creating the synergy. So that's why I gave, I gave it a B. 
Okay, next, Scars of Mirrodin. So Scars of Mirrodin was our next conflict set. So two sides, the Mirrodins and the Frexians. Another invasion is what Frexians do. Um, so I gave this one a B plus. Um, I felt the mechanical identities of these were very strong. You very much got a sense of where the Mirrodins, you very much got a sense of where the Frexians. Um, each side had a mechanical identity, had keywords tied to it. Um, was very much, like when you played the Mirrodins or played the Frexians, you, you got and you felt like that side. And I thought it was the, the play was very evocative. In fact, this is the first set where we really got into the idea of part of what makes a faction a faction um, is the, the emotional feel it, it gets from you. Um, and that we really wanted, when you were playing the Mirrors or playing the Frexians, to, cr- to kind of hit an emotional note. Uh, and that the Frexians, we spent a lot of time on the Frexians. We wanted you to really get an essence of what the Frexians were. And we wanted you, from a story standpoint, to really learn to fear the Frexians in a way you, you hadn't before. That before they were this creepy, crawly sort of enemy that, like, in concept felt scary. But when you were playing against them, they felt scary. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed the play value of how we made them play. Um, the reason to be plus and not a little bit higher is... Um, based on how the set got developed, some of the Azfan got changed in some factors, and the ability to mix and match sides wasn't as clean as it was put in design. Design spent a lot of energy doing that. Um, for example, um, we had wanted Proliferate to do a lot of work to, to, to carry um, between, because there was a whole charge counter theme that played Proliferate on the mirror side. Um, but development decided to sort of lower the as fan of um, proliferate so it just didn't show up very much in common and so a lot of the archetypes we built in ended up not working so that it it was a set that did a lot right there's a lot of very cool things about it it might be my favorite um, enemy faction in fact I think it is my favorite enemy faction set as far as really feeling like a conflict mechanically in the gameplay um, and each side had a strong feel but it, that what the lack of synergy really keeps it from being being in the A category Next, Innistrad. So Innistrad, uh, once again, is a tri- has a tribal factions, monster tribal, so spirits and zombies and vampires and werewolves, and then humans sort of fill out as the victims. Um, they're color-coordinated. It was an ally thing. So this is where tribal played an interesting role where it was there at a lower amount, that if you wanted to draft it, you could, um, especially when Dark, uh, Dark Ascension got, got put in. Um, but... And if you want to build around it, it's clearly, clearly there. Um, but it didn't require you to do it. Like, Lorwyn, when you kind of had to commit to the factions, the tribal factions, here you didn't have to commit to them. There are other strategies and other things you could do that you didn't necessarily have to play a faction, but you can opt into if you wanted to. Um, I am interested in A-. I think this is the best tribal faction set we've done. Uh, I was very proud, once again, mechanically how the monsters especially felt like monsters that, you know, the zombies played like part of giving the feel of the zombie was the actual gameplay of zombies made them feel like zombies, that they were slow and plotting, but they kept coming back and growing. And eventually they would just overwhelm you with this giant horde of zombies. And that felt very zombie-ish, for example, to me. Um, and each of the tribes, you know, the werewolves we spent a lot of time of, you know, in their human form, they're not that bad, but you know at some point they're becoming werewolves, and that's scary, and you're trying to stop it, and then eventually they become werewolves, and then you're in trouble, and, you know, it, it really, you know, there's a lot of what was going on that I thought was really cool. 
Um, the, the only reason I gave it an A minus versus an A is I felt like um, the tribes were probably a little lower than we wanted them to be. Um, the, they could have mattered a smidgen more. Um, but in general, it, it, it is us doing tribe um, tribe faction very well. Okay, next, Concentric here, Faint Reforge. So this is uh, Wedge, so three color. So uh, Shards with Arc, which when three things are next to each other, we call um, Arcs or arcs or Shards, that they're, it's a colorance to allies. Cons is what we call Wedge, uh, which is a colorance to enemies. So Cons and Faint Reforge uh, had five color. Uh, it was very strong. Each one had a clean identity. Uh, we made it so they drafted together. Um, I gave this an A minus. Uh, I, I feel that this is probably after Ravnica. This is probably the factions we did the strongest, where the players really resonated with the flavor, and they had a clean and clear, crisp mechanical identity. Um, and in general, I, I think, like I said, it, it's. Um, I only gave cons and hate minus, I think, because it's not quite as good as Ravnica. Um, I'm just kind of measuring against Ravnica. But I, I think cons was us really. Like, showing we could do really cool factions. Both, both Innistrad and Khans are showing us starting to do other kind of faction and doing it really well. Okay, next, Dragons of Tarkir. Uh, so, now it's... These are ally. Uh, they're the, the, the broods that are tied to the dragons. So, the Ojitai brood, the Silmagar brood, the Kolagon brood, the Tarkir brood, and the Dromoka brood. Um, I feel that these aren't quite as flavorful as the Khans were. I gave this a B+. Plus. I feel like um, the whole block kind of had this idea of these proto-clans that went two different directions. Like, the clans that they show up in Favor Forge are kind of the proto-clans, and they go one way in cons and another way in dragons. And I think the cons one just ended up being a little bit more... a little more flavorful, a little more fun. Um, I feel like we spent a lot of energy making sure that dragons and cons both drafted well with Favor Forge. Um, but dragons could have used a little bit more love. It, the factions just aren't quite as crisp as the cons factions. Um, I mean, they're not. It's a B plus. They're not. They weren't bad. But it, but it, it, there was room for improvement. I think the reason the people fell in love with cons more than with dragons or Tarkir had to do with kind of how we did the factions. Um, like maybe humans are just easier to uh, bond with the dragons. That might be part of it. Okay, next battle for Zendikar. So this is our next uh, two faction combat set. Um, so this is the Zendikar, Zendikari, fighting the Eldrazi, who are invading them. Um, so I get this a C+. Plus. The factions were defined. You knew who was who. Um, and we spent a lot of time trying to give the Eldrazi this very alien feel. Um, I mean, I, I do think we gave them a mechanical feel. I just wasn't super happy. Uh, this set had a lot of issues. It was kind of messy and... I think Zemekar didn't really want to be about a war and a bunch of things. But um, as far as, okay, we were doing a war, we had factions. Um, I think it was clear, like it, it was delineated. You knew there was a conflict and you knew what the factions were and you knew what the sides were. And there was a mechanical identity to the sides. I just, it wasn't, it's not that it wasn't there. It just didn't quite play as well as I wanted. Um, I felt it was a little bit muddier than some other ones we've done. And, um, it didn't quite evoke as strong as we wanted. Um, the, the allies, for example, um, I think didn't resonate as much as the allies did in original Zendikar. Uh, and the Eldrazi didn't, in some ways, didn't 
resonate as much as they did in, in original Rise of Eldrazi. So, like, it, it's kind of weird. It went back and didn't quite capture the things that they'd been before as, as good as we could. I, it's definitely one of those factions that they look back on and I'm like, ah, we, we could have done that better. Okay, next is Ether Revolt. Uh, so I didn't list Kaladesh because in Kaladesh, they're not really fighting. It's not until Ether Revolt that they start fighting. And it's the Consulate versus the Rebels. Um, I gave this a C. Ah, there are sides. You can see where the sides are. We do some mechanical to the sides. There's mechanics representing the Rebels and stuff. But it's one of those sets that while it is true that we did things we need to to represent who the factions were, it's also true that I don't think a lot of people even necessarily think of it as being a faction set. I mean, I guess most people understand creatively there was a conflict, um, but I don't think the mechanics do a great job of reinforcing that. Part of the problem was you're drafting with the large set and the large set wasn't doing that, so Ether Revolt kind of picked up a challenge in that, hey, it's group A versus group B, and the first set, eh, they're there, but not really defined, and only the second set really defined it, so... Either of all was kind of doing something weird. So, I mean, it didn't do a great. It gave it a C, but it it, it, uh, it was trying something interesting. So, Amonkhet, this is another set that I'm not sure whether you want to count this as a faction set or not. Um, there were the five gods, Oketra, Kefnet, Bantu, Hazaret, and Ronas, and their followers. Um, there definitely were some mechanical themes that were woven in, and the idea of the trials and the, the definition of what the colors meant was really interwoven into the set. Um... But it's one of those things in that, did it feel like a group? Did they have an identity? I gave this a C- minus because I think you recognize the gods, and I think you recognize the feel of the gods, but I don't think the factions quite felt like they were something that... Like, I don't think they quite felt so faction-y. Um, it's kind of there if you sort of look for it. Like, once I say, oh, these factions kind of exist, you start looking and start seeing the connective, connective tissue... Um, this is another example where we built things through monocolor uh, and then created synergies between the monocolors. So there's work that was done there, but the reason I gave it a C- was I just don't think people see it. And so it can't be that good if your audience doesn't really perceive the faction element of it. Next, Ixalan. So Ixalan had four factions, the Brazen Coalition, which were the pirates, the Sun Empire, which were the dinosaurs, the Legion of Dusk, which were the vampires, and the River Heralds, which were the merfolk. So this was one of those things that was um, another tribal set. Um, wasn't quite as high tribal as Lorwyn, but higher than uh, Innistrad. Um, for creative reasons, we tried not to mix these cre- uh, mechanically. That was a mistake. I think this was a set that got you much more siloed. Also, we experimented with having two three-color tribes and two two-color tribes, with the three-color tribes having more options of how you could play them. They were the, the pirates and the dinosaurs because those were the brand new things uh, that we really hadn't done much before. Um, I gave this set a B- minus because I feel that... I do think that we gave each... Um, creatively gave a strong identity to each of the four factions. You knew who they were. They mechanically had an identity. Um, but the lack of synergy between them and the lack... like It's kind of like we made factions that got siloed and that you really were kind of forced to play one of the four factions and you didn't have the joy of mixing and matching, which is kind of what makes limited and even to some extent constructed kind of fun. Um, and so I, I gave it a B-. I feel like 
Um, we did a good job of defining the, the, the factions. You knew that you knew it was a faction set. You knew who they were. You knew what they represented. You know, they had a mechanical identity. It did all that, but it didn't quite hold together quite as well as a faction set wanted. Um, one of the things, hopefully, you'll, you'll see today as I'm talking about these is the interconnectivity of the factions. How the factions relate to one another is a sign of really factions hitting hitting in all, all their uh, you know hitting in all their gears of really making a set that makes it shine. Okay, the final um, set to talk about today is Unstable. So Unstable was an allied set. Uh, had the Order of the Widgets, the Agents of Sneak, the League of Dashly Doom, the Goblin Explosioneers, and the Crossbreed Labs. Uh, it was our mad scientist set, and these are all wacky inventors doing their wacky inventor thing. Um, but one of the things that we did is we made sure that each, um, each clan had its own identity. They had their own mechanical identity. They had their own creative identity. Uh, and then we did things so you can mix and match them together. Um, in retrospect, I gave this an A minus. I think I could have upped their mechanical identity. Well, not that they didn't have it. I could have been a little bit louder about it. One of the things that I did was I imbued them all with a pretty strong mechanical identity, but I didn't put as many cards to sort of clue you in on what they were. Uh, we made it a little bit more like discover them. Um, and for the people that are really into magic, um, I think that's fun. But I think for people that are that want a little more hand-holding, the set could have had a little bit more hand-holding in it. I think that the themes were... I was very happy with how they wove together and how they play together. All the factions can play together and do fun things. Um, but it was a little subtler than probably I needed to be. Um, that's my takeaway was... Really, when I say it's an A-mind, it's like... I could have added maybe a, a couple cards in each faction that just did a little bit louder voice of making you understand how the faction worked um, and being a, a, little, a little more blunt about it. I think it was a little... Not quite blunt enough. Um, but anyway, so Unstable gets an A-. Anyway, those are all the faction sets. Those are all the sets that uh, um, had... Fa- I mean, there's arguments for a few sets I didn't talk about. Um, Pharaoh says the city stays. And there's a few sets where there's components that you could argue maybe have some factions elements to them. Um, but usually if it wasn't something that... Me- if, if the set wasn't defined by the factions and the factions didn't have a mechanical identity, I tended not to include them, so there are a few that maybe I could have included. Um, a few of the ones I did include, I tried to point out how they mattered, but but they how they failed, so I want to point out how like they kind of did something but didn't do it all the way. So some of my examples were ones where I was trying to point out how we did it badly, so you could see the whole stretch of what we did. Um, if you look through the ones I went today, there's A's, there's B's, there's C's, there's D's, there's F's. Um, it, it's the full spectrum. I wanted to sort of show you that. Anyway, um, I'm now at work. So we all know what that means. It means this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. See you guys next time.